Hey friends, welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. I am your host, Amber Cullum. Each episode, I sit down with a guest to discuss their life journey and how the grace of God has impacted them along the way. After listening to today's episode, I hope you are encouraged that God can use you right now in the midst of your day-to-day life. Yes, it requires daily surrender and trust, but we must remember His grace is enough. One year ago, I launched the Grace Enough podcast. I personally committed to post at least one episode per week for one year with the occasional holiday break, and I'm grateful to say I met that goal. This is episode 55, and it is a celebration and a reflection of the last year of Grace Enough. Today, six listeners join me to share a few of the episodes that most impacted them from the last year and to share recommendations for 2020. Let's jump right in. Welcome, Christiane, to the Grace Enough podcast. Thank you so much for sitting down with me for a little bit. Well, thank you, Amber. Well, and I want to just tell our listeners why we're here. Of course, you're going to be the first person that I'm chatting with for the one year. (laughs) I know, right? Well, one year anniversary episode. And so we attend the same church. You work at our church. And I'm pretty sure, did we first meet through MOPS? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was thinking, I'm like... When was our first introduction? Because, I mean, I knew at the time Brittany babysat Ariana, and I thought, was it there first or was it through Brittany first? (gasps) I know. Oh, I don't know. You're right. I I, I know. I I think it is Mops. Maybe she introduced us there. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you've been so kind with my podcast when we've been in groups of people to you know, just mention it. Or um, when I have not known how to talk about myself per se, you have followed me up to show people how to get the podcast on their phone. And I've been so grateful for that. So thank you. Yes, absolutely. Well, it's really hard to do self-promotion. It really is because Catherine, who has Hope Threads, she was at our MOPS marketplace, I think it was. She's like, you're a great salesperson. And I'm like, because it doesn't have anything to do with me. Like, I believe in what you're doing. I believe in your business because you're helping refugees. And so it's easy for me to look at someone and be like, you should buy this because it's giving women a job. But then when you talk about yourself, it's not the same. No, it's a lot harder. I've realized as well that people, um, it's surprising how many people don't know how to get podcasts on their phone. Yeah, that's true. I know. I just take it for granted that everybody knows they, if they have an iPhone, they have Apple podcasts on their phone and you can just listen right away. It took me a while. I love listening to things like I, I have trouble like getting through books and things maybe because yeah. I'm a mom, maybe because I have a short attention span. But when uh, podcasts started becoming popular, I dug into it because I had to, it was just, there was just so much good content. I know it took me a while to jump on the bandwagon. So Sam will laugh and be like, you had no idea how to get podcasts on your phone for the longest time. And now you're so surprised (laughs) when other people are clueless. I'm like, but that was 10 years ago. And he's like, while there's a lot, they're still not as well known as you would think. So anyways, here we are. And I wanted to ask you, what is in the last year, I've released over 50 episodes now. What um, is one of your favorite episodes that you have listened to? So, oh my goodness, there are a lot of them that I really enjoyed. I love the Enneagram one, the one at the very beginning with Nikki Spear about courage. uh, Redefine redefine courage. courage. 
And there are just so many that I've really enjoyed. But actually, after you asked me to come on and talk about this, I was listening to one and I was like, oh, well, maybe this is my favorite one. (laughs) So the one with Jeremy Poor, is that how you pronounce his last name? I don't remember. With the family. Oh, Jeremy Pryor with family teams. Yes. Yes. That, That didn't fit in the nice little box that your podcast sometimes fit in of women who have been through something and have gotten over something, which I really enjoy that model. But still, he said quite a few things about the family being a, in Western culture, the family being a nest that launches individuals as opposed to the biblical model of a family being a team. And that was just sort of a little mind boggling for me. And I have to, I think I have to say now that one. Yeah. I mean, Jeremy Pryor, his ministry, he actually ministers with Jefferson Bethke. I don't know if you know who the Bethkes are, but their homeroom ministry that they do is, I shouldn't even call it really ministry because I mean, you pay to be a part of this online forum, but they still have a lot of free resources that has just blown me away time and time again for the exact reason that you said, the whole team mindset and why do we... We promote team in every other place except for in the family. Yeah. Like we we talk about that at work. We talk about that if you're on a team, if you're part of a small group. I mean, it, it's everywhere. I'm I'm definitely still processing that. Yeah. But then there are other moments like uh, there was one episode about spiritual discernment. Oh, yes. That was really good. Tim Challies. Yes. But it was interesting because the most like memorable, the thing that I took away from that was not something he said about spiritual discernment. It was that he enjoys his teenage daughters. I did too. I was like, oh, that w- that's encouraging. Yes. I said the same thing. I'm like, really? Thank you. You know, and he did. He said, people put the fear of God in you, or I can't remember exactly how he said it, but actually I found it very enjoyable. And I thought, hmm, great. That was encouraging. And there there are moments like that in the podcast that are neat. Like you cover these cool topics, but at the same time, the whole part of delving into a little bit about them and their story is super helpful and sometimes ends up being the thing that's more impactful more than the The actual actual topic topic they're talking about yeah that's I mean that's why it's cool that's why podcasts are cool they can be organic I know it's really conversation led and you I mean I think anytime we hear somebody's testimony it can be like you said the way it's broken down at times you just are like wow I really relate to that aspect because of maybe whatever's going on in your life or what you've experienced. You just kind of connect with a certain aspect of it. So that's really cool. So that's funny because then you mentioned that. So I'm jumping ahead here a little bit, Amber. Go ahead. Ed, go ahead and let me know what you would want to hear for 2020. Yeah. Tell me. And the funny thing is I thought about a bunch of different people, but then I was like, you know, what has been the most encouraging for me lately is normal people's stories, mm-hmm. like everyday people's stories. And maybe you could have like an episode that has like maybe three, I don't know, a few people and just have their stories. And, you know, it doesn't have to be somebody who's 
experienced uh, a trauma. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Somebody who's just living the Christian life. Yeah. And like, who's just doing it and who's, who's real and who's doing it. And who's learned how to walk closer to God along the way. Yeah. But I mean, not to say, I mean, your guests have all been so real and so like helpful. Like we were talking about, talking about before you started recording, I think you do have a talent for making people feel at ease and able to comfortable talking, you know, about themselves and. Thank you, Christiane. Yeah. That's my hope. Yeah. My conversation with Christiane led me to reflect on the months I was praying and brainstorming about launching a podcast. I have a steno notebook full of notes, potential guests, mission statements, purpose, intro drafts, but what caught my attention was my answers to this question. If someone listens to my show for a year, what do I want them to learn, feel, or know? Here is how I answered. One, that God uses imperfect, ordinary people every day to complete his will. Two, God wants us just as we are, messy, broken, and in need of him. Number three, he is at work. I hope if someone who is discouraged listens, he or she will hear a story of God at work in neighborhoods, towns, cities, and countries around the world and will be encouraged to press on with Jesus. As I reflect on the conversations I've had over the last year, all I can say is praise God. He has been gracious to put one or more people in my path who have shared that the podcast has done all that I just shared. Now, on to our second guest. Hey, Allison, thanks for sitting down with me today. I'm going to kind of tell our listeners a little bit about why I invited you on to talk about the podcast. You are one of my closest friends, but you're in Tampa, and so you've been so faithful to listen and encourage me via Marco Polo. And so um, it's good to have you here today. I'm so excited to join you. And it's just been such a joy to listen to you and your podcast. And I've gotten so much out of it. So I'm excited to share what I love about it. Yeah, well, and I keep saying to not so much on here, but to other people that, you know, I have this friend, Allison, and she did this with my with this other friend, Julie. And so eventually, maybe we'll have the two of you on to kind of share your story as that gets a little farther down the road. But for today, um, we're talking a little bit about the one year anniversary of Grace Enough. So I wanted to ask you, what is one of your favorite episodes from Grace Enough from the last year? Well, this was a really hard question for me to think about because there's been so many that I've really enjoyed. And just overall, I love the different perspectives and insights that I get from the different people that you have interviewed. I feel like it has expanded my awareness about certain issues, about certain different things that people go through. And so one of my favorite episodes, and I don't know if favorite is really the right word, but maybe the one that I gained, it really stuck with me is with Heather Dixon and just her walking through life with a terminal illness and how she processed that and the anxiety that she went through as she faced that and really came to terms with her situations. And honestly, it hit me in a personal way with something that I was struggling with. And so I think that's kind of why I remember it so vividly, you know, vividly. Yeah, vividly. Yeah. Well, and Heather 
I, I don't know her really well personally, but she lives, you know, here in the North Carolina area close to us. Mm-hmm. And she just recently shared her story as well at our school. And um, it is just so interesting because when you realize or you start thinking like, whoa, tomorrow really could be my last day. Mm-hmm. That does just naturally change your perspective. And she's done a phenomenal job of communicating that to people, I feel like. Right. So I was looking, I went back and listened to that episode in anticipation of this conversation. And in particular, you know, she was talking about how she was struggled with some anxiety. And I was struggling with some anxiety as well due to a decision that I had made about what you just alluded to with donating a kidney to a friend. And I just come from a funeral where the reality of death just really smacks you in the face. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but seeing this friend's family members grieving and suffering due to their loss. And then literally going as I'm going home listening to Heather's story. And, you know, she says on that, we had to come face to face with the reality that we are not promised another day on this earth. And in terms of all the what ifs that came up with my decision to donate my kidney really did create anxiety. Mm -hmm. And going away from that funeral at that time, one of the questions of, you know, what if I do die for some reason, very unlikely, but, you know, oh, I hate to think about my family suffering Mm -hmm. and grieving like that. But her words just really hit home to me about the anxiety that Christ felt, she talks specifically about Christ in the garden before, you know, his crucifixion and the agony he felt and the fear for losing his life, the pain and suffering that was to come. And as I find with so many of your podcasts and interviews is that there'll be a little nugget that I just Mm -hmm. kind of mull over. And even though they may not have made some specific points in in relation to it, God will take me into some different thought processes that really um, apply it to my life in different ways. And so, you know, you just never know how it's going to hit home and how God's going to use it in your thinking and, you know, even move you to action. Yeah. Well, and I remember that particular part of the episode with Heather, her saying that because it really did strike me too. I mean, we hear all the time that Jesus wept in the garden to the point that, you know, I mean, he was sweating blood, but I'd never thought of it in the sense of that is anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it's just one more proof that when it says, you know, God has been, or Jesus was tempted in every way. And that's why that he can, re- we can relate to him and he can relate to us so well was such a eye opener for me of like, okay, when I face anxiety, like, yeah, Christ came to earth and he lived perfectly, but he still, mm-hmm. he did. That's something he experienced on a very, very intimate level. And for me, even in relation to what I was, the anxiety that I was feeling, because yeah. it really, that decision really brought up anxiety about mm-hmm. losing my life, about going, you know, under anesthesia that kind of thing. And so it just was so, so personal on that level. And, you know, the Lord did a lot of that kind of thing where he just really 
met me in my thought life. With I know. Some very well, and I hope we do. Things. I hope we do get to sit down sometime to have that conversation because, I mean, I could go on about it, but I'm like, yeah, that was over a year long process. That was not easy for you. <laughs> right. I would love to talk to you further about that story and that journey for sure. Well, lastly, I just want to ask, is there somebody that you would like to hear from in 2020? Okay. So I was thinking about how, just as I've stated, I just really love the awareness and sensitivity that your variety of guests bring to me and helps open my eyes and world to different communities, um, to different insights and perspectives and experiences that people go through. And as you know, I'm in children's ministry, particularly preschool. And we are seeing, you know, we see a lot of people, parents that come in that are really struggling with children that have been diagnosed with special needs, Mm -hmm. anxiety, children that are on the autistic spectrum. And not only that, now I have some you know, people in my life who have children with special needs. And so I would just really love some interviews of people who are coming along, either coming alongside families that have special needs or parents who have special needs children and just hearing from them, um, their experience, kind of like Heather. And the other interview that I really kind of sticks with me too, because I think we encounter this a lot in our day-to-day lives, is Tre- Treva? Yeah, Treva Kuyper. Who was went through the loss of her, hus- her husband, her first husband. So just that grief, people who are grieving. Yeah. And in the same way, people who, parents who have special needs children. I also think this is kind of sparking some idea, other ideas too. Of I course, love you it. Know, I'm the idea person, <laughs> is grandparents. Yes. That relationship between adult children and I'm in more in that stage of life than you are. And I'm not a grandparent. I was but, getting ready um, to say, come on, girl, your boy yeah, is no, going to college. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The grand, But, you know, adult children with their parents and then the role of grandchildren, I guess because I'm coming off of going to a, a conference where I met. Uh, someone who has a grandparent uh, ministry where they bring these oh, conferences wow. and really helping um, cast vision to grandparents about their role in developing that spiritual legacy with their grandchildren. And anyways, it just caused me to think, but definitely the whole special needs, um, I think to enter into that world a little bit by hearing some new insight and perspectives. I'm glad you mentioned that because I actually just got a book that's coming out written by somebody who, I haven't read it yet, obviously, but it is, I think they have special needs children and they've been pretty proactive in the world of get you know teaching people how to minister. So maybe that'll be on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if you listened to the episode with Susan Alexander Yates, but she just came out with a book called... I think it's called Grandchildren Camp or Grandparent Camp. Oh, yeah. And so she talks about that a lot. And Mm -hmm. I have at times thought she'd be a great person to talk to because she has like, I don't know, 12 grandkids or something. And right, um, she does a lot of fun things with her grandkids. So we'll see. Maybe that's coming. Of course, then, too. I love I'm always interested 
in the Enneagram. So anything that you do Enneagram wise is, especially when it's brought back to the gospel and how we can use self, you know, we do need God awareness first and foremost, but we also need self-awareness and understanding of ourselves um, in order to be transformed by Christ. Yeah. Well, that one's coming the first week in February. So that'll be actually, Yay! this won't air until after Beth and Jeff have been on. Okay. I just have to mention one more that really kind of spoke to me is Molly Stillman and business with a purpose of just, again, opening eyes, thoughts, convictions, and challenges about buying habits and that consumerism and how it just affects other people's lives and what we're supporting with our buying habits. And um, I can't say I, I didn't really want to bring it up because I can't say I've done a lot of action. It's more awareness at this point. Um, there are have been a couple of things, though, that you know, I've made purpose choices regarding, but just that idea of consumerism and where we're putting our money and what it's supporting. Awesome girl. Thank you. Allison said, different perspectives and insights that I get from the different people you have interviewed. I feel it has expanded my awareness about certain issues and different things that people go through. And that is true for me too. It has been a privilege to talk and learn from so many different people. For example, episode three, I spoke to Kathleen Score, who founded a prison library ministry that has a presence in all 50 states. In episode seven, I spoke with Kim Charette, who blended her love of horses and her childhood experiences to found Hope Reigns. Hope Reigns is a ministry that pairs kids in crisis with rescued horses to provide hope and healing. In episode 27, I spoke with Robin Fuller about hope and healing after her abortion and eventually becoming the director of a crisis pregnancy center. In episode 50, I spoke with Rebecca Bender, who was trafficked as a teenager. She shares her story and speaks to many misconceptions people have about human trafficking. Of all the various stories, there is one commonality. God wants us just as we are, broken, messy, and in need of him. And so now I'm going to start talking to Kelly. She is in Tampa. And so Kelly, will you start us off by just letting everyone know, like, how did you start listening to Grace Enough? Well, hi, Amber. I I started listening to Grace Enough when I was going back and forth to see my mom in a memory care facility. And I had a lot of free time in the car. I was starting to go walking, to start walking every morning. So you've been on a lot of walks with me. I love it. I love it. <laughs> in my neighborhood and up and down Bayshore. So oh, I, I miss just, Bayshore. Isn't it nice? Oh, it's so beautiful. Except that Gasparilla was just this weekend. I that wasn't, I, I've never been until this weekend, never going to do that again. But oh, anyway. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's a whole different um, conversation, right? But um, I just found my days, I had more time mm-hmm. uh, to listen. And it was like having... A friend sit in the car with me and encourage me um, along the way. And I really enjoyed all the different kind of talks you had with people and all the different backgrounds. Yes. Because I, I would go, oh, wonder who this is. What's this about? They were all so different. Yeah, that's something that has been really a joy, honestly, for me, is because a passion of mine is 
meeting different people, learning people's stories, whether, you know, something crazy happened in their life or just something Mm -hmm. very simple to the point of, I've been so fortunate to grow up in a family where I know Jesus and I've honestly just followed Jesus my whole life. Mm -hmm. Like to me, I love to hear about that as much as I love to hear about, like I said, maybe the dramatic story of I was you know, set free from human trafficking. Right. So it's really impactful. Well, what is an episode when you think back over the last year that really impacted you? Well, there were several, really. When I was asked that question in your email, I I looked back and I'm thinking, wow, there's so many that really impacted me. But one was just a really practical one that you had an interview with Susan Alexander Yates. Yes. And that was back in October. And I guess it was because... Susan sort of sounded like my mom. Yeah, yes. (laughs) She just reminded me so much of my mom and some of the advice that she gave. And I just love how kind of in that Southern accent she has and really practical and to the Mm -hmm. point. And I think a lot of us need that. We need to hear that in, in the culture we live in today. So that podcast was called Thriving in Transition. And, you know, I look back over the last, goodness, three and a half years now, since we've moved to Tampa from North Carolina and the trans so many transitions have occurred mm-hmm. and in my life since moving here. So this really spoke to me. So many little nuggets uh, of her interview just popped out. One of them was stability isn't the norm, but transition is the norm. Girl, you know, that wish- got me so yeah. much. <laughs> I mean, my whole conversation with her, I'm not kidding. I may have just been sitting and with my mouth open because I, I struggle I struggle with transition. Like, I mean, if you were to talk to my husband, he'd be like, change and Amber, they just really butt heads, right? But that's life. Right. Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. And as a military spouse, oh my now, gosh. see, I, I love, see, I love change. I, I want to move all the time. I'm like, let's move to England. Let's move to Spain. <laughs> yeah. And I'm that weird military spouse that we didn't move a lot. We stayed at Fort Bragg about 20 Three years, wow, except for the three. Rare. Yeah, very rare. It's because of what part of the army my husband was in, mm-hmm. and we only, we spent three years in Germany. And I thought, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. But girl, it wasn't great because when I went over there, I had a three month old, I had an eighteen month old, <laughs> I had a seven and a nine year old in one vehicle. So Kelly wasn't having cappuccinos at any cafe. <laughs> Well, it's interesting that you say that about that Germany because season. I have a friend in Germany right now who moved from North Carolina last year and they're only staying for a year and a half and we just yeah. visited at Christmas and she's like, oh yeah, it's great because the kids go to school and I just go downstairs to the cafe with my three friends like every single day. Oh, how and I nice. Because in North Carolina, I mean, she works, but she's like, I'm right. not working in Germany because we're yeah. not here that long. Right. Um, but so it's interesting that you said that. Yeah. When you go with babies, it's like, this is not convenient. Oh, no, no, this is, no, it is not. Thankfully at that time, this was back in 1999. Okay. That December before, I don't know if you remember, oh, everyone yes. thought everything was going to shut down Y2K. in the year 2000. <laughs> so we get there and there was a huge snowstorm. Anyway, it was just, I think I had postpartum depression. I oh, think yeah. that made me have postpartum depression. But my mom, after we did move in, she stayed with us for about a month and a half to help Mm -hmm. us transition because I had all these little babies. And um, Alex was already working, you know, getting busy with with his new role. And she said, Kelly, listen to me. 
get a piece of notebook paper, write on the paper, put it on your front door, and it should say, hello, everyone. I'll see you in 10 years. And stick that. Oh, gosh. It's so about true. Practical. She says, Kelly, don't commit to anything. Just bedtimes, wake up times, feeding, try to relax a little bit yourself. And it was such wise, wise advice because we still think we can do what we've done before. I know. You know? And well, you and I had a friend. Or you can, who said, but you'll lose your mind. <laughs> as we're, yes, that's mm-hmm. the thing. You can commit to a lot, but the joy just is zapped out of you because you really don't have the extra margin. And I mean, Susan even kind of talked about that Mm -hmm. in transition or during certain seasons, because for me, I had a friend recently, well, it's been probably a year ago now, but she was like, how do you do all this? And I'm like, well, I honestly don't do as much as you think, first of all. Mm -hmm. And second of all, I really am starting to see the light you know, mm-hmm. I have a 10 year, well, an almost 10 year old, I have a seven year old and I have a four year old. Yes, they're still little. But listen, it is totally different yeah. than when I had a one year old, a three year old and a six year old. Right. And I mean, exactly. that's only like four years, but it is a lot different because mm-hmm. my kids, there's a lot of independence that even comes in that four year period. Absolutely. It, it's true. Something she said and she gave the example in that podcast of the young parents who were coming home with their newborn yes. and, and how to grant each other extra grace as they, as they re-entered, you know, <laughs> uh, their family. But that really spoke to me because my husband and I have done that several times as we gave each other extra grace when we had my father move in yeah. to the home while we helped my mom. And, and when an adult child moves back in temporarily as a 26-year-old, this is my older daughter now who's 29, to just, okay, it's not going to be the same as it was before they moved in. Yeah. It's only temporary. And let's realize that and give each other grace and then give ourselves, especially as a husband and wife, time to kind of step back and spend time together. So that really spoke to me too. And, and it's interesting because we've done that. Uh, yeah. My husband and I thank God that he has shown us to do that because we've had so much transition in our lives with different daughters moving back or going away or counseling over the phone, being yeah. that you're no longer parenting, but more advising. Mm-hmm. But it's still, it's still a burden. It's still, um, you care. And what was it? There was something else. Oh, I know what it was. She said one of the things, and I, I feel this a lot, that as you get older, you should have this sense that you should have figured this out by now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? You should have <laughs> been on top of this. You know, how did you, you know, whatever. And how these seasons, each season has its challenges and blessings. But what really resonated with me was, I think what we really deal with, especially as women, is fear. Yeah. And I think we cloak that word fear with concern. That's that's oh. the word that's more acceptable. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I'm just concerned about that older daughter and the decisions she's making. But really, it's a fear. And that fear can be crippling. And and she kind of pointed that out. I will tell you this. In the Army, uh, we had some very dear friends, a chaplain friend of ours, who came over and kind of counseled us about something. This is probably 11 years ago. And I can remember how I was so gripped with fear about some decisions my one daughter was making. And he just, he called it out. He Mm. said, Kelly, what are you afraid of? No one had ever said that before. And once he did, and I actually admitted what it was, 
I felt such freedom. That's so what I was gonna say you experience freedom from naming absolutely. what's actually going on. And she mentioned that too, that as you are as people are asking you, well, you know, how are you doing? Um, you know how people say, Hey, how you doing, Kelly? Yeah. How you doing, Amber? Yeah. To let people know what your challenges are. And she I think her example was, Well, I have a child that can't sleep at night and I haven't <laughs> had much sleep myself. You know, and so I I do that. I'm known for that. People I'm actually say, kinda known for that too. So when she says really? that, she's like <laughs> I was kind of thinking, I know exactly what you mean. And the interesting part is, I think why people don't say it a lot, Kelly, is because you get these looks like, well, I didn't really want to know what was going on. Because I'm like, right. you know, people ask me, how are you doing? I'm like, actually, I'm having a really crappy day. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're kind right. of taken aback. And I'm like, well, well don't ask if you don't want yeah. to know. <laughs> right. I know that most people are not really wanting to know, but I cannot, I, I just wear everything on my face. Mm-hmm. And so you, God will bring those people yeah. across your path that go, well, Amber, tell me more about that. What's yes. going on, girl? Yes. What What in the world is going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're and right. be able to just to spend a couple minutes. Yes. And just like that, that can just dispel that discouragement or overwhelmed feeling you're having toward a situation. Yeah. Is there somebody or an issue that you've thought about that you would like to hear on the Grace Enough podcast? Let me say one more thing about that. When she got into her podcast toward the end about empty nesters, she mentioned that challenge of, you know, reconfiguring your marriage with your husband. But sometimes as an empty nester, you are sort of happened to Alex. It did happen to Alex and I. We brought in a parent, you know, we never really had that chance to be by ourselves, having a parent in your home. As you're launching, I think she used this term, launching your adult children out. We had everybody in the mix. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's crazy. There is no want, normal. No. no. Well, it actually became very normal. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and she <laughs> the, says the that schedule. too, I think. Yeah. Like, normal is not, normal <laughs> right, is right. actually the up and downs of life. And then if you right. have a calm, that's the rare. Right. That you're, you're. What is it? How did you say that? Your transition time and your stability, you know, the transition is the norm and stability is that rare thing. But through that, I really got to know my dad differently. You know, you said that that would be a good episode to maybe talk to someone who has dealt with Alzheimer's and their family. Is there anything else that comes to mind that you'd like to hear from? Yes, that would be as you have launched your children out. And they're older, not just college age, but they're in their 20s, early 30s. That relationship between parent and Mm -hmm. adult child, especially for those children that do not know Christ. Oh, yeah. And how you navigate through those waters. We have a situation like that, you know, where we just open our home. We're hospitable. Yeah. Uh, We're called to love our neighbor. Doesn't mean if they're believers or not, it's anybody. That's right. You know, I tell you, more and more uh, women that I run into, that is a challenge in their life. What do I do with this child? How do I, especially if they're really living in a lifestyle that's opposed to how you believe or Mm. you think, gee, did you live in my family? Did I raise you? How have you, you know, got these new ideas? So anyway, that would be a really good one too. That would be. I would love to talk to somebody like that because you do hear that a lot. And I mean, I have to say I have little kids and sometimes that's even, it's Mm -hmm. a fear of mine as Mm -hmm. I think about adult children realizing like, yeah, the influence, like you said, it's not the same. Now you're trying to advise. And if they don't even right. see things the way that you do from a 
I don't mean, I don't want to say religious, but from a faith perspective, that can certainly be challenging. Yeah. But I will tell you the comfort in that is knowing that I'm not God. I'm not the Holy Spirit. And Jesus will reveal himself to them when he desires to do. And that really opens the door that you can be friends with them. You can add comfort to challenges that they go through. Yeah. And that God has shown a lot of, he's given us a lot of grace. Us, not them. He hasn't changed them. He's changed my husband and I to to deal with each of those things. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for sitting down with me. My conversation with Kelly reminded me to go back and listen to episode 41 with Susan Alexander Yates, Thriving in Transition. Why? Because transitions are a great struggle for me. That is something I love about podcasts. They are typically short and full of rich content because the guest is either an expert on the topic being discussed or... They have lived it out in their lives, so they have a perspective and wisdom that encourages the listeners. As we move into my next conversation, I do want to apologize with some audio challenges. Each guest was able to chat with me from their own home, which is a gift of technology, but sometimes there are mishaps. With that said, I still believe you will enjoy my conversation with Kristen. And so next up, we have Kristen. Kristen is a friend of mine that we originally met I think, Kristen, was it through MOPS when you were on the panel? Was that the first introduction we had? Yes. Gosh, that seems so long ago now, but it Mm -hmm. really has not even been two full years, I don't think. No, no. But we attend the same church and just have gotten to know one another through various things that we're both involved in, I guess, and things that we enjoy, too, outside of church, so... I wanted to invite you on to just ask you, because you've been so kind to listen to many of the episodes of Grace Enough, one of the episodes from the past year that has impacted you. Well, I had a hard time landing on just one because (laughs) there were so many that truly I had so many takeaways and for different reasons. So I, I won't go through all of them, but a couple of them that were definitely in the running were episode 16 the Enneagram um, and because I just find that so interesting. So that was kind of one of those like, wow, this is so interesting. Yeah. Yes. And episode 20 with Cheryl Palin, since I'm very heavily involved in promised land living, I just, I can listen to her all day long. I know. I would like to actually, I would actually like to have Cheryl on again, just to talk about various topics. Yeah. You can give her almost anything to talk about and she just has, a lot of wisdom and, mm-hmm. and I just really enjoy listening to her. I'm in love with a place at the table. So episode 18 with Maggie Kane was, you know, just one of those, Oh, I love you. I feel like I'm a little bit of a cult follower. of hers. I, I, That's the way I feel sometimes too. And now that they're expanding a place at the table, it's even more exciting because you're like, Oh my gosh, it's not just going to be, you know, sandwiches and stuff. All of a sudden mm-hmm. it's going to be much more of a full menu. So then not that I don't already spread the word, but it just expands the impact, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. super cool. And love the concept. Me too. Um, and then, of course, episode 38 with Mo Isom, since I felt like I had a little, yes. <laughs> a little pretty hand in that, you getting to that point where you found her and could interview her. So that was. Yeah. And for those listening who may not know, Kristen is the one who initially recommended that book. I think you mentioned it on that MOPS panel. And then uh-huh. I ended up getting it and reading it, and we kind of connected over it and talked about it one day when you were 
at my house for coffee. I don't know. Sometimes it all gets jumbled yeah. together, but yeah. yes, that is certainly what led me to reach out to her to have a conversation about it. And that's another anointed woman that I can listen to I know. All, all day long. Yeah, she's incredible. But the one I kind of landed on is episode 36 with Treva Kuyper, Hope and Healing After an Unexpected Loss. Yeah. You know, I had an unexpected loss when my father died in 2011, and she said so many things, honestly, that were impactful. But one of the things she said was, you know, talking about how to handle the grief process with her kids. And she said, I have reminded the kids over and over from the beginning that if we believe God is who he says he is, then we have two choices. We either trust him and we walk in his ways or we roll over and we let the enemy deal with us. Mm. And I was convicted and challenged by that because honestly, I did more of the rolling over and kind of letting the enemy have his way with me after Mm. my father died. And I want to going forward, have more of the trusting God who he says he is mentality. And I do believe that God used that time in my life, like he used it in her life to really give a, a layer of faith that wasn't there. There was a lot of veneer to my feet, shiny, but what was underneath was kind of particle board instead of solid foundation. So that has stuck with me, that whole, you know, are we going to believe God is who he says he is, or are we going to roll over and let the enemy have his way with us? So I don't want that to happen again. So everything she said in there just gave me encouragement yeah, as well as some conviction. Well, and those words from her just remembering too, like it's a daily choosing to do that because even when you choose it once, the enemy doesn't stop attacking and we in our flesh can so quickly quit trusting. Oh yes. And that's my word for this year's trust. I try to ask the Holy Spirit for a word yeah. and it could probably be my word every year, but, <laughs> <laughs> Me too, girl. but this year it's trust. So it's just kind of ironic that that you know, we're talking about this and that is, that's a big part of believing who God says he is. So if you could recommend someone or a topic for this next year, is there anyone you'd like to hear from or a topic you would like to see addressed? I, um, well, you and I both want to get Rosario Butterfield on. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So of course, Rosario, Rosario. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just send out all the all the prayers over that way. But um, we went to the Safe Families Benefit yes. together and I, I love what they're doing. So I, you know, anyone from Safe, Safe Family, families. yeah, a great one. And, and Raleigh Rescue Mission has always been near and dear to my heart. And as far as I know, you haven't interviewed anyone. I haven't. Okay. But as far as topics, and I honestly couldn't recommend person to talk to um, because I'm in this world, yes. is adoption and fostering and special needs. So have you done anything on adoption and fostering? Well, I've done two things on fostering. One from the perspective of a foster child who grew up and then emancipated out of the foster care system. That was Tori Hope Peterson. And her story is incredible. And then fostering a friend of mine who fosters children. um, So from a family perspective, but you know, you're the second person to mention with special needs. And so I have actually been looking into that and just who to talk to, you know, whether it's somebody's journey with it or, you know, wisdom, Kristen, maybe you need to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. 
I mean, definitely I'm in a better place to do it now than I would have been a few years ago. I would not have been an encouragement to anybody a few years back. Well, and tell everybody a little bit about your family makeup, if you don't mind. No, I don't mind. Um, We have four children and three are biological. One of them has special needs. She has Down syndrome. And then we have an adopted daughter with Down syndrome who also has autism um, that we did not know when we adopted her. Yeah. So you not only had the adoption component with that, Mm -hmm. but then the special needs components, kind of this whole uh, no man's land really for a while. Wait a minute, my special needs friends kind of understand this, but not with the dual diagnosis. And then the adoption world, you know, you see all these stories of how wonderful and (laughs) yeah. Well, and then I would think too, part of the struggle of just not comparing your previous experience with your biological child with Down syndrome to your current experience with, like you said, an adopted child with Down syndrome and another diagnosis would be incredibly challenging. It was, and it, it, and we went in the ex- with the expectation that, well, we're already doing this, so this won't be a big deal. And so that was another area where God said, well, you might think you're doing this in your own power, but guess what? <laughs> <laughs> I have more fun in store for yes. you. <laughs> trust, trust me. <laughs> trust me There's every that- day for the rest of your life, right? Yes. Yeah, so hopefully we can get someone to come on to talk about that. Like I said, I know I'd reached out to you to even just ask that question. It's becoming more mainstream where people are starting to talk about different diagnoses in kids and they need to be welcomed into the church. And how do we minister to these families? What are their needs? You know, nobody wants to be the outlier. Exactly. And some churches do it really well. And um you know, some churches are just kind of getting getting with the program, but. Well, thanks so much, Kristen, for sitting down with me. I, I appreciate them. it. Do you have a recommendation for an episode in 2020? I have said it before, and I will say it again. I love interacting with my listeners. If you have a recommendation, will you send it to me? You can do that by sending me a direct message on Instagram or Facebook. Just log on to the platform, search Grace Enough Podcast underscore Amber, and click the message button. Or email it to me at graceenoughpodcast at gmail.com. So next on, um, we're going to have Kara here. Kara is a really good friend of mine. You all have heard me talk about her on several different episodes, whether it's just that we did something or, I don't know, referencing something that she and I chatted about. Who knows? But um, I know that her name has come up several times. And so I'm having Kara on to just tell us what was an episode in the last year that has really impacted you that you've listened to? The whole episode that really affected me was the Jody Byrne episode, mm-hmm. really rethinking prayer and really learning lately how to use scripture in my prayers more effectively, which you had, you and I had talked about that some prior to that episode, but I just felt like I really learned a lot during that and how to, I guess, really align my prayers with him and have more confidence in that. Yeah. Because I am praying scripture. Well, and I love that Jody. she, you know, she has those different books. And it's amazing. Like, I haven't even read the teen book or the adult book, praying the scriptures, you know, for your children, for your teens, and then for your adult children. But I have gifted it to people at that season mm-hmm. in life. And some of those people have said to me, like, those are fantastic, too, because it's just really applicable scripture 
for whatever season you're in. So I've thought about reaching out to Jody and being like, okay, when your kids have kids, are you going to have like praying the scriptures <laughs> for your grandchildren? <laughs> Keep it going. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, and then I know like Nancy Guthrie also has a book, Praying the Scriptures for Your Children. And I haven't read that one, but I've heard that one's really, really good too. Is there anything specific that she said from that episode that stands out to you or just in general? Yes, I have a quote here. It's kind of long, but the big thing, the big two phrases from it were, when we allow the words we read in scripture to shape not just our prayers, but our perspective, how we think about things, our children, our lives, the hopes and dreams we have. As we allow scripture to shape those things, it's interesting to see how our prayers start to line up with what God already wants to do. Um, And then a minute or so later, she said, As I slip my hand into God's and bring my children before him, for me, I get a peace that I don't think I would have any other way. Mm. I know he is for us and he keeps anxiety at bay and opens the door to that peace, that contentment and that confidence in the midst of the storm. Yeah. I guess the timing of that episode was kind of ironic because it was that next week that Caleb went to camp. Oh, yes. And that was his first time staying overnight for a week. (laughs) And that's a big one. It, it was a big one. I had her book because you had recommended it, but I had never done anything with it. So when I really started to struggle with the fear and stuff ahead of that week and during that week, I pulled out her book and found this perfect prayer from Psalm 91 that, that I prayed over him whenever I had fear that week. And it really helped me fight that. Yeah. And even had conversations with my kids because about it, because like Emma, while he was gone, saw it posted up in the kitchen cabinet. It's on my bathroom mirror still. Wow. It was just a good one that I've continued to pray over my kids about their protection and their salvation. And Well, and that's the thing about those books, too. I love how it, she tells stories in there, but then at the end of each chapter, the fact that there's a couple of pages where you can just insert the name of your kids and it's straight from scripture. It's so mm-hmm. helpful for me because sometimes maybe I don't even, I just don't know what to pray about, but I want to exactly. pray about specific. But then other times there really is something going on, like something between a friend and them at school, something between us and them, a heart issue. And you, it's like, oh, I want to pray scripture and I can usually open it up and find something that's like, yes, this gives words to what my brain can't seem to put words to. Well, the way she has it laid out, it's just so easy to open it up really quickly and find something in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. So is there someone or a topic that you have thought of that you would (laughs) like to hear me chat with someone about or to a specific person? I laughed when I first read that question because what came to my mind first was Bob Goff because I know. (laughs) (laughs) You want that for me. (laughs) Well, I want that for you. I thought about it some more, though. I would love you to have your mother-in-law on. Oh, yeah. Just when I've, like, when she's been around in town, just talking to her, she's just got so much wisdom. So I think that would be really cool to hear you two talk. Yeah. And Sandy and I have talked about it. She said, I know when you invite me on, it'll be the right time. And I'm like, oh, that is such, <laughs> that's such my mother-in-law. I love it. She's like, I know it'll be God's timing. That's so funny. I know because we talked about talking about prayer. Actually, that was one of the really? big things. Mm-hmm. But um, I think just having her on to talk about her journey and the season she spent not being sure mm-hmm. would be really, really impactful for some people because she was such a strong woman of faith for decades and then really struggled, but is mm-hmm. now very much a strong woman of faith. But she has. It has not come easy. Well, I'll be waiting for that. (laughs) She'll be listening to this one going, oh my gosh, Kara, (laughs) she's calling me to the stage. So come on, come on.
You can have Cheryl on again or <laughs> or more Jan Johnson. I'd go for that too. I know. I, I did. I would like to have Cheryl on again. And you're the second person that said that as well. Because she just has so much wisdom to offer on a range of topics. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm like, Cheryl, maybe you should just come on once a month and just pour your wisdom out on us. <laughs> go for that too. <laughs> yeah. You should have your own show. <laughs> But anyways, thanks, girl, for sitting down with me. You're welcome. Before sharing my final conversation with Vanessa, I want to say thank you. Thank you for every listen, every share, every encouraging word, every recommendation, and every message. When I took the time to reflect on the last year of the Grace Enough podcast, the challenges and frustrations pale in comparison to the successes and joys. And next, we're going to talk to Vanessa. Vanessa, um, I came across her through commenting on Instagram. And so I'm just so grateful for you listening to the Grace Enough podcast. Vanessa, will you let us know, how did you start listening? Well, I'm kind of going through listening to a lot of various podcasts throughout the day. And when I hit on my search, yours came up. So I decided to take a uh, listen. And ever since I started listening, I've just been kind of hooked on it. So that's how I kind of started listening. I just came across it um, through, I guess, all the various other podcasts that I listened to and it linked, it linked it to you. So that's yeah, how I got to it. a lot of times when started. you do a search, you know, if it's yes. like, oh, these are similar podcasts. That's how exactly. I start listening to a lot yeah. as well. Well, so now where are you located? Where do you live? I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville. Um, okay. So, yep. Been here pretty much almost all my life. We actually go through Jacksonville at least twice a year because my best friend from college, she and her husband do Young Life in Jacksonville. And so after they moved home from Africa, they moved to Jacksonville and um, he's one of the area directors there. So we are in Jacksonville. Like I said, when we head to Tampa, we usually stop through there overnight at least one night, sometimes on the way back home too. So that's awesome. Cool. Very cool. So you're familiar with a little bit with, a, with our little city here. Oh, well, yeah. That's pretty big. <laughs> well, tell us, um, as you have been listening over the last year, what is one of the episodes that had a great impact on you? Well, there have been several, but to really kind of just pick out one, Jody burned. Yeah. Number 28, praying the scripture over your kids. Yeah. And I bought the book and I have it, started it. And I'm kind of like a procrastinator in, in a sense oh, that yeah. I start something and sometimes I may not finish it right away, but then I'll get a little fired and then, I'll, and then all of a sudden I start to finish it. But I have started that book and I, and I think it's wonderful. Um, I have a little boy and my husband and I just recently, well, not recently, two years ago, he, we adopted and he's our, actually our grandson. And so many things have come about, not just spiritually and Christianity wise, but that book also just kind of touched home for me Mm -hmm. and how much I want to pray over our little boy in our lives. So I'm getting all worked up about it. (laughs) But that was one of the episodes I really, really just I, I really loved. Well, and my friend Kara, I've talked to her as well, and that was an episode that really hit home with her as well, because there is something about the scripture comes alive when you begin to pray it over your people, yourself, your children, your friends, and so it's very powerful. Yeah, this morning, when I, every morning when I drop him off, I'm like, do you know who's going to walk with you today? He goes, you and God. Oh, I love that. Well, because something Priscilla Shire had said a while, I mean, this has been probably a year ago that I say a lot to my kids now is when they get out of the car, you know, just 
basically empowering th- them Absolutely. for the day. You know, love Jesus well today. Yes. Treat, treat others the way you want to be yes. treated. Remember that Jesus you loved to everyone. the Lord. Yes, yes. And it kind of empowers them. But saying that, and particularly, I think, as they get older, even if they Absolutely. think it's cheesy, but like in yeah. middle school, saying, you know, Jesus is with you today. Yes, he's going to be working with you. Absolutely, yeah. Gives them something to hang on to. Well, is there anything specific that she said during that episode um, that you would like to share? I remember when she was talking in, in, in her book and when you're at, especially with busy moms, that you were like, when am I going to sit down and pray? It's like you feel like you're overwhelmed with a lot of mm-hmm. things that you have to do throughout the day, taking care of your kids, taking care of your household, everything. You know, she's like, you know, you can take time to pray in the car lane yeah. when you're in the carpool, when you're picking up your kids, just pray whenever. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. that kind of hit home. <laughs> right. Like, I can pray whenever. I don't That's have right. to like sit there. There's no specific time that I have to wait and pray. I can wait, pray whenever. And I've been using that all the time. I pray in the car. I pray yeah, <laughs> on the too, way girl. when I'm walking up, and, up the stairs to come to work. I mean, I pray all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And just like that realization that sometimes I'm like, I'm in my mind, I'm processing and talking some things out anyways. So why instead don't I just say, okay, Lord, let me, I let want me just to pray. be yeah, yeah, a conversation me, with you. Exactly. Um, my everyday of sometimes I sit there, uh, my husband, my son's so funny. He's like, are you talking to yourself? I'm like, no, I'm praying. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm partially crazy, but not really. Yeah, not really. Yeah, I'm just talking to God. <laughs> That's right. I'm chatting with the Lord. Well, is there anybody or any topic that you would like to see on the podcast in the next year? Maybe. It's, I, I know that you did a podcast with a friend of yours. I think that we're just getting ready to adopt. Mm-hmm. Maybe some more in that sense of adoption. Yeah. I mean, I am a grandparent adopting my grandson. And you know, I know there's a, a lot of other couples in my husband's and I situation and how you're guiding these kids through life, you know, if the family member who they adopted, they adopted the, the child from, and they're, you know, how they're walking through, you know, their life and how you want to walk your kid forward with God and, and having that in your life. So maybe if you have somebody else that you know of that can speak of into that, right. that, that would be great. Well, and in your situation, are you, you know, you said you adopted your grandson, so mm-hmm. you're still in relationship, I'm assuming, yes. with yeah. his we, And we are, yeah, and that's my husband's daughter. It's mm-hmm. not my daughter. Um, he had four kids from a previous marriage, mm-hmm. so it's one of his, it's his youngest daughter that had the baby, and she lives relatively close to us, but we don't see her a lot. If I can say that, we probably see her four or five times a year, that's a lot. Gotcha. And she lives maybe an hour away. Yeah, so just navigating that. Exactly, navigating that. And, you know, and my husband, who was a former pastor um, mm. for a good 20 years, and how, you know, now his walk through faith has changed some, obviously. Mm. And then we're obviously now have a little boy that we want to raise, and we want to have him walk. And I pray that every night, that, that I can raise him to love Jesus. And, and have a, a faithful walk mm-hmm. for himself. When you speak to that and other people speak to that, you know, it's like navigating that. Right. I don't know if you have anybody that you can speak to in regards to that and bring them on. That'd be great. Awesome. Well, Vanessa, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad that we were able to do this. I'm really, really grateful. And I'm so, and I love your podcast and I'm 
very faithful follower. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. As I close out the one-year celebration episode, I want to remind you that every episode and resource mentioned today is linked on graceenoughpodcast.com. You can find it under the show notes tab, episode 55. Have a great week, and we'll meet back here next week for episode 56 with Christy Adams. Christy and I will be discussing her book, The Parable of the Brown Girl. Thank you for listening to the Grace Enough Podcast. Tune in next time.